you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Chris here. Before we get to the podcast, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL season isn't over yet. In fact, the playoffs are upon us. If your season-long fantasy football league just isn't cutting it, get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a new team every week. So put your true fantasy football skills to the test. And oh, by the way, you can win real money at it, too. Joe Watson. Joey Watson. Joey Watson. Hey, Joey. From New York, played fantasy football and FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over $30,000. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. FanDuel is paying out more than $170 million this NFL season. Oh, my God. $170. That's wow. a lot of money. But you have to play to win, so sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code AROUND and sign up now. New user special is ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's up to $200 free. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code around. Don't forget to use our code around. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast still hasn't found what it's looking for. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Wild card preview show. Ow! A lot of heat in this room today. <laughs> a lot of fire. Uh, I'm finished with my meltdown, boys. Uh, Wes had a Chris Berman moment uh, uh, before the show today during our video segments. I assume TD behind the glass will somehow, when Wes is wealthy and famous, that will show up somewhere on YouTube, right? Definitely. I already put it out right now, actually. Don't put, don't <laughs> I put, don't, I don't even care. Don't put baby in a corner. Don't put a wire on Wes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like the wires. And by the way, I am feeling chipper. We have the four games to get to on Saturday and Sunday, two games uh, each day of the weekend, which is awesome. But I'm excited too. I I got myself a sandwich this morning, by the way. 
with uh, Mr. Rosenthal, the boss, I laid out, I trapped him in my web, my MVP web. We did an e organic email chain, which you could read at NFL.com slash around the NFL, in which we, all of us, including Connor Orr, talked about or debated who the MVP would be. Uh, we, you know, J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers. 50 votes for the MVP. I think we all agree Aaron Rodgers is going to win. I, actually, Greg thinks uh, Watt could steal it. Wait a second. Didn't you say you think Watt could steal it? No. I don't think he has any chance to win. Yeah, I personally well, sense, like, like the idea, but I don't think he has any chance. So I said I think J.J. Watt gets eight out of the 50 votes. Greg was confident, said no way. So there's a sandwich involved here. That will Super Bowl weekend's even more exciting now tracking that sandwich. Greg has been monitoring this vote getting for – Years. It's so hard I to get double. It's here. hard to get double digits in votes. I don't think people really take Watt too seriously. I actually, I won't put a sandwich on it, but I think Romo will get more votes than Watt in the end. It'll be like four and three. Thought the most interesting take on this whole thing was Ryan Riddle calling you out for basically pulling a whoever voted for Ralph Nader in the election. <laughs> You've been stumping for Watt all along, and now you're kind of he, sabotaging. I don't, I don't have a vote. It doesn't matter what I think. I'm just saying he has it no chance matter. to win. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I think that's right or wrong, but I think he has very little chance to win. Anyway, so that's some of the excitement on New Year's Eve in the newsroom. <laughs> Mark, you're wearing Big Blue, one of my favorite shirts of yours. And I'm happy to see, despite you getting new wardrobe, that some of the classics remain in the mix. <laughs> I thought, because uh, I leave my house today specifically at around 5 in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, you're in, I'm in my room and it's pitch dark because you got the wife asleep. Sure. And so I thought I'd taken a white shirt out. <laughs> and I get in my car, and it's this shirt, so I don't know. It's fine. It looks Look, good. One of the things great. we've come to learn about Mark, to... he always dresses in the dark. That's true. <laughs> He's a I don't dark people can I don't see, need to dress people up People can see Big anymore. Blue, too, if they check out our videos on NFL Now mm, that we just well taped. Done. How about That's, that? Yeah. And you will, you will not see Wes's meltdown, but <laughs> TD promises, wait for the right time. Wait till Wes is a modicum, like a higher level of fame, and then drop it on the public, and we'll end up on all the different sites. That's how it's going to happen. You okay with that, Wes? I'm fine with that. All right, good. All right, so we've got four games to get to. I guess what we could do, uh, you know, just to keep it neat, we'll go through Saturday's games, then we'll go through Sunday's games, and uh, I guess let's get started. There's nothing else to do. Let's, let's, let's devote a lot of time to these games, and we'll start in Charlotte where the Carolina Panthers, the first back-to-back uh, -back winner of the NFC South, 7-8-1, oh. got it done this year. I thought you were going to say the first official a team of around the NFL, around they the were. league back then. They were. They were the first team of ATL, and they've done us proud with a nice late-season surge to get back to the playoffs, and they're going to host a playoff game. And who do they have? They have the Arizona Cardinals, who a couple of weeks ago were, were in position to be the number one seed in the NFC. Of course, Car Carson Palmer blows out his knee. Drew Stanton comes in. Drew Stanton hurts his knee. So now he's out. Now we got a Ryan Lindley, Logan Thomas, poo-poo uh, platter. And I think <laughs> what we're going to see here is Ryan Lindley going into Charlotte trying to win a road playoff game. I'll start with you, Wes. Is there any chance that the Cardinals go in there and shock the world? I don't think so. I feel more confident about this game than any other. Hmm. These are two teams that are materially different than they were six weeks ago. The Panthers are literally a different team, as in they have 10 or 11 different starters now than they did entering November. Three new offensive linemen. It's a cohesive, cohesive unit now. Jonathan Stewart starting instead of D'Angelo Williams. Over the last five weeks, Jonathan Stewart second in the NFL in rushing. Over the last five weeks, he and Cam Newton have more rushing yards than any quarterback or running back duo. Philly Brown, new number three receiver, they use him for a couple of trick plays a game because Jason Avant got cut. That's 
Five new guys on offense. Their secondary, three new starters. Trey Boston at safety. Josh Norman at cornerback. And Ben A. How do we pronounce his name? Ben, ben, ben Wickery. Ben A. Ben Wickery. And these guys are all making plays. Their defense is as fast as it was last year. They had a guy named Adarius Ganton playing linebacker mm. in the last two weeks who looks like Thomas Davis when you watch him. He's flying to the ball. Charles Johnson's 57 hurries this year, second only to J.J. Watt. And it's all been in the last two months, it seems like. Coney Ealy, second-round draft pick, a sack in each of the last three weeks. This is an entirely different team than they were. I think last week's performance was easily the most impressive of their last four because it was against a team that we think of Atlanta as a terrible offensive line. They had given up among the fewest sacks in the league, especially recently. So, so for them to completely dominate the game up front to the point where Matt Ryan had no chance to show this group rushing the passer was on fire. Yeah, and it's uh, you can say, oh, well, they also shut down Julio Jones for the most part last week, and they've done it four weeks in a row. They're allowing 10 points a game, and you're running into an offense – in Arizona that, you know, what, four touchdowns over 27 quarters. They've completely bottomed out. And and honestly, this should have been, I think if we had done it right from the start of the year, just my opinion, a matchup of this year's team of ATL and last year's. Hmm. I mean, this the is Cardinals. Arizona. I don't want to hate on Arizona here because Bruce Arians has done the best coaching job around. A lot of other teams would have gone in the tank the minute that Palmer was lost. I mean, he's believed in these other quarterbacks, but either Lindley is just, he is not able to get it done. The offense is stopped. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is, as nice as a story Arizona was this year, uh, that when they beat St. Louis on that Thursday night, that was the worst thing that could have happened for this weekend of playoff football. We don't want the Cardinals in the mix here. Maybe mm. it'll surprise us, because you know what? Here's the other way to look at it. If you want to try to get excited about the Cardinals doing this, they, ha- they've been, they were the masters of stealing games all season. Uh, Where they were counted out. Yeah, when they're counted out, they have the whole nobody believes in us uh, angle working for them right now. And this is the Panthers, who are, yes, playing better, and they're a di- much different team than they were six weeks ago. Still, this is a 7-8-1 and one team. This is not a, a a great football team. It's not like they, they're they playing a juggernaut that Cardinals are. They've this is one, a beatable team. They've beaten one winning team all year, the Panthers, and that was in week two. So as good as well as they are playing l- lately, and I give them credit, although they did need to come back at home against Cleveland, it's not like they're an Yikes. unbeatable team. No, they've beaten losing teams. This would be the first winning team they played since. But they're way not. Back. The Cardinals are not. I mean, they're not, they're a, not win, a winning they're not team, that team either. anymore. I agree. Let me let me give an example too. Uh, the Rams, who I just brought up, a team that we got sucked in on a few weeks back, that were doing a lot of damage against bad teams. They played some good teams, and all of a sudden they didn't look so good anymore. So maybe maybe the Panthers. Once they face a team that has a little heart and knows how to win some games, something changes. I, what? I, I think the Panthers are entering the playoffs as a better team than they were entering the playoffs last year. Wow. That, that seems a little crazy to me, only because their defense showed last year through 16 seasons that they were one of the best defense in the league. I would say a strong number two to Seattle, whereas this time we're seeing a, a smaller sample size over a month on paper. If you watch, I don't think they have the talent. If you watch their secondary, they're way more athletic this year. They're faster. There are no windows to throw the ball right now. Well, it doesn't matter when Lindley's the quarterback. That, that's the main thing is Lindley, the difference between Lindley and Stanton to me is much bigger than the difference between Stanton and Palmer because Stanton is an NFL quarterback, and you have a chance to win a game. Lindley is going to be on the short list of the worst quarterbacks of all time to ever start an NFL playoff game. He's I mean, worse than T.J. Yates. That was the only one I could think of. I tried to think of some off the top of my head. T.J. Yates was the only one that popped Why up. Why Lindley is John Beck bad? 
Well, I mean, he's just a third-string quarterback. Well, I mean, he's, it, I, we feel like we're picking on him here. All he yeah, is is a I mean, third. Every third-string quarterback is almost this bad. Fourth string. Fourth. I, I, one thing, if Ron Rivera really wants to botch this, it would be <laughs> suddenly turning that backfield because they got D'Angelo Williams back in the mix. And getting mm. back to this committee thing, Jonathan Stewart, we all know it. We've talked about it week after week. He's been hot. One thing that with Arizona's defense, which has been their strength at other points in the year, 200, they've given up 200-plus yards two weeks in a row. That was against Seattle and San Francisco. So that there's but they're some, collapsing. But they're, they're falling apart at the wrong time. Carolina's running the ball well. That's a matchup that I'm looking at right there. And I'm looking at the practice report for today. Dan Williams, who's been really good for them all year as their key run stuffer, hasn't practiced all week with a foot injury. So that's one more injury on top of everything for Arizona that they're going to have to deal with. Is, do you think it would be fair for me to argue a way that the Cardinals can win? Sure. Why not? We got we got time. If you watch Bruce Arians last week, he has promised not to get shy, not to take away his aggressiveness, and that's exactly what he did. He came out and scripted a great first drive, mixed the run in the pass, and they scored on a flea flicker. They had a couple of more plays that they used to play action, and as long as they can keep the game close and mix in the run, Arians will keep taking shots down the field, and Lindley has plenty of arm to do that. He's not accurate, but he can throw the ball deep. And maybe they'll take the cheese in terms of, I think Arizona will do whatever they can to shorten this game. They wouldn't mind Carolina running like crazy. And Ron Rivera, you mentioned him, could he get in his own way? He he wants to keep a running game and low scoring. It's not like he's going to try to blow them out of the water and be super aggressive. I wouldn't even play D'Angelo Williams in this game. Neither would I. (laughs) No, because it's messed. Listen, they finally figured out how to operate their backfield. It will tempt Ron Rivera into playing him, which is a bad idea. All right, so we all picked the Panthers in this game, so we go four across there. Let's move on to the second Saturday game on the schedule. It is the Baltimore Ravens at 10-6, and six, heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, the AFC North champion Steelers, who, of course, uh, uh, won in their Week 17 game but lost Le'Veon Bell to a hyperextended knee. Uh, Bell came out on Wednesday and said that he's not he's not limping and he feels great. So there is, as of taping right now, it seems like there's at least a chance that Bell plays. But we're probably not going to have the Le'Veon Bell that's dominated the NFL for stretches this year. Here we go. The Ravens. We'll start with you, Mark. Not playing that well down the stretch, but they are the Ravens. The last time they are in the playoffs, they went on a run for a Super Bowl. Uh, is there a chance that this Ravens team has the ability to beat the Steelers in an upset? Well, I mean, for me, it, it, we talked about it on our NFL Now hit as a group that if, if Bell is not 100%, if he can't play for some reason, this isn't the worst matchup maybe for Bell not to be in there if the Pittsburgh and Big, and Big Ben want to throw the ball on what is a injury-ravaged secondary to some degree. At the same time, the Ravens haven't given up more than 200 yards passing in four straight weeks. So, it's, you know, they haven't, they're not collapsing on that, uh, in that aspect. But if you take the best they game... They also haven't played a real quarterback. If you take one of the best they players Connor in this Shaw game... They played Connor Shaw and a bunch of slappies, basically. All right. But still, I mean, this is the NFL. You know, they're not... They're, this is four straight games where they've allowed about 800 passing yards total. And it's not what some other teams are doing in the playoffs at this point. I think if Bell is not able, able to go, they've got nothing. They've got no run game behind them. Going to put Dree Archer out there? Ben Tate, who's been with the team for four days. I just think that that would be a devastating setback for Pittsburgh, even with Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, and the rest. It'd be a tough team to run on anyways. Uh, Haloti Nada's returning. Brandon Williams. This has been a really good run defense. 
Their defensive line's great, but that's that's one of the reasons why I like Pittsburgh's chances is just I think they can protect Roethlisberger and be a rare team. Baltimore is one down the stretch with pass rush and just getting by with just enough offense, and I don't think they'll have the pass rush this week. Wes? Well, I think the Steelers should be favored. That What are they, 6-1 and one against win- winning teams, and the Ravens are 1-6 and six against winning teams? Yep. The Greg's made this point before. Both Ravens' at, uh, offensive tackles will be out. The Steelers' pass rush, pass rush has really picked up with James Harrison, Cameron Hayward, Jason Worlds, and Lawrence Timmons over the past month. I, I just think it's a better matchup for the Steelers. Oh, just defend your hero. All right, I will, Handsome Hank. I'm taking the Ravens. Wow, just a few minutes ago I thought you were taking the Steelers. I switched it a few minutes ago. I was thinking about it. Somebody's going to lose at home in in, uh, the first round here, and I was not comfortable picking four home teams. And the more I thought about it, I like the Ravens in the playoffs. When's the last time Joe Flacco went one and done in the playoffs, by the way? And he's been there five times now, four times? Never. He's never lost a first-round playoff game. No, it's true. He he won at least one playoff game every year and then went on a Super Bowl run. So this is a team that always comes to play in January. I know they haven't been playing great. And here's the other side of it. The the Bell issue is real. And the second part of it is I still don't trust the Steelers. I think they got one more stinker in them. They've shocked us with stinkers all season, every three or four weeks. And it's like, whoa, where'd this come from? I think they got one more. And this one ends their seasons. And the the Ravens move on. They did have one against New Orleans, but then they won four straight. They're eight and two down the stretch. So I think if you're looking at the last ten games of Losses the season, losses to the Bucks, to the Jets, to the Saints, three terrible teams. So yep. it's in their DNA and to wins drop against these. good teams and wins against yes, wins against true. good team. And you mentioned it with their defense right now with Timmons and Cameron Hayward and Harrison. It's a different defense. I don't know why it took so long for this defense to come together, but it's definitely an NFL quality, at least well, average defense Ike right Taylor's, now. And it wasn't. Ike Taylor's off the field. That's one That's thing. one. They, nobody can pick on him right now. Antoine Blake has played pretty well as a cornerback in his place. And they didn't have Harrison earlier in the year. He's been their best defensive player at age 37 or whatever. That's not suspicious. <laughs> the, the one thing that would worry me as a Steelers fan is I think the Ravens at their best can beat anyone. And we haven't really seen that in a little while. But Joe Flacco had five or six games this year. I find Joe Flacco really fun to watch. Like, even in that Browns game, did very little for two or three quarters, didn't do anything bad. But he had three or four throws in that fourth quarter. That Other other quarterbacks aren't making those throws. Well, they were down 10-3 all... to three with 10 minutes to go in that game, and they won 20-10 because right. they got hyper. They got super hot. And, and he's always aggressive. So sometimes he just... Gets it, gets it going. He's and, had five or six games this year. I think it's been a really good Joe Flacco year. And overall. I know they got Nada back. And I also one thing. To, this is a much different team now than the 2012 team. There's been a lot of turnover, but you got to imagine John Harbaugh is a very good coach. That is a great kind of motivational tool, a great way to to get your team confident. Letting letting them know last time we were here what we did. This is our season now. He's, this team's going to be ready to play. They are not going to be flat. Mm. And every time these te- two teams played the last few years. In Pittsburgh, it's a close game. I think this is going to be a field goal game, and I think year. the Ravens can win. They got Wait a they minute. got trashed. Hold well, on, though. What? If you're going to talk about the Ravens as a team that can go out and beat anyone when they're playing well, yeah. doesn't that apply even more to Pittsburgh? Sure. Sure, but I, my, I've already made my point that I got a bit of a Sessler that they have one more stinker in them. All right. Well, you're not the only one picking games here. Yeah. Who do you got? I have Pittsburgh. Okay. They're going to win this thing without a problem. Hmm. I thought you already made your pick. 
Hold on. All this Flacco talk, and he's not even the best quarterback on the field. That's true. Roethlisberger this year joins Tom Brady, 2012, the only quarterbacks in history with 600-plus pass, pass attempts and single-digit interceptions. He's an all-pro this year. This is the year, this is the season that Big Ben supporters, of which I would consider myself one, always saying he's underrated. Heck, he was my MVP pick last year, and I got made fun of a lot for that. This is kind of the season that we all – that thought he was a great QB, thought he could have if he had the right offensive line, he had the weapons, and he went out and he did it, and he's playing his best in December. Everyone on this team seems like they're playing their best in December. And if you had to draw up an opponent to have Le'Veon Bell sit out a game, it would be the Ravens. They haven't, they're haven't. they the only team not to allow 100-yard rusher this year, and their secondary can be beaten. This game brings up kind of a an existential conundrum, Whoa. as you Ooh, will, easy there. that comes up every year that I thought about this week when I was picking these games. When you're picking these games, do you look at the body of work for the whole season? We've watched these teams for 16 weeks. We've learned a lot about these players. Do we look at that whole body of work and think of what their potential is and think of what they've done? Or do we just kind of look at December? Because the, the tendency, and I do it every year, is to just kind of base it on December. What the, but usually December is not a good indicator at all. Going, the whole idea well, of going in September. Right, but I'm just saying – do we overrate December? I'm I'm assuming the Steelers are going to walk through this one, whereas early in the season, I thought the Ravens were a better team all year. I think Wes just talked about a Panthers team that is completely revamped from what they were three months ago. Pittsburgh seems to have gotten over its skittishness to some degree. I don't know about you just talk about December, but I'm going to look at where the team has been over the last four, six weeks because that the teams that get hot, the 2010 Packers, you know, the Flacco-led Super Bowl team. Those are perfect examples. Those what? teams stunk in the regular season towards the end. That, well, that, what? that proves my point. Flacco, and that, they had a tough December. You're right about so that. The, so but did the Packers. It's a lot about of the, who's the getting hot right now. I'm not worried about what happened. I'm, you can't, you're can't. you saying you're, you're going to look at what happened in September and early October. I just that mean me e- feels like ancient history. I just mean everything that you've seen because I think a point I've made a lot is I think this Ravens team is really balanced. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Kubiak's done a great job. There are the pieces in place. We just haven't seen it. I mean, that, that performance in Houston really scared me because they just got laid fasted. I don't put too much stock in how they're playing in December in this matchup. I do in the Cardinals and Panthers because those are two different teams now. These teams are the same teams. The, the Ravens are missing a couple offensive linemen, so that's an issue. The Steelers are missing their running back. But I think these are pretty much the same teams they've been all year. And Ravens Steelers really history. I mean, they're just every game is going to be this way. I think this is close to a, this is close to a toss up. I think it's close Ooh. to any game this weekend. But you're taking the Steelers. I am taking the Steelers because they're the better team. All right, so that is Saturday's action. Let's now move to Sunday, and we start in Indianapolis, where the 11 and five Colts, the AFC South champions. Face the Cincinnati Bengals, 10-5-1. Oh, that tie, it's so gross. Uh, enough to get them a wild card, the five seed. Uh, we know the history. This is Wes's favorite day of the year. They kind of robbed Wes a little bit. They didn't give him the Saturday game, which Wes loves. Bengals elimination Saturday. It's going to have to be potentially elimination Sunday. Um, we'll start with Greg because this is, this is also when Wes really digs in the talons on the Cincinnati Football Club. So we'll let the simmer a little bit. Look, he's already rocking in his chair. He's getting excited. So we'll start with the boss, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, tell me your thoughts, your first takeaways of this game when you look at the matchup. I have a hard time picking against the Bengals, even though it's Andy Dalton going against, against Andrew Luck, which is, is crazy to me because I just don't think this Colts team has much going on. I think all it has is Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, and I think Andrew Luck 
is playing like a guy who's been hit all season. He's not playing his best in December at all. He's playing like a guy who's has no offensive line, that has no running game, that has to carry his team. This team has no pass rush. I have to kind of erase the memory of this game early in the season when they played because it was one of the best performances by any team all season when Indianapolis took them out. But I, I think Cincinnati's a legitimately good team. They just have a lousy quarterback. I think it's another example, though, of n- that early 27 to nothing loss for Cincinnati. That's not the Bengals are a different team today in many ways, too. They couldn't figure out who the running back was back then. Jeremy Hill has emerged into a true featured back, I think, at this point. That watching what he did in the Denver game, that that had the setup for the Bengals to go out and get squashed that night, and Hill willed them back into that game. I thought, with his running ability, and I, I like I like Hill in this game. Wes is shaking. Wes is shaking. Greg has Greg has learned nothing from the last few years, especially last year when you guys picked three across three across on the Bengals over the Chargers. Did we? Yes. I want to go check that. Last year, you all three of you picked the Bengals at home where they were hey, undefeated against the Chiefs. I'm not Mark, did la- you pick the Bengals here, too? I thought I picked – in this game? Yes. No. I haven't last year. All right, so, okay, right now – all right, Wes, looks like it looks like Greg might have a hero cooking here. No, Mark said he was taking the Bengals downstairs, maybe. Or maybe, You I thought know. you were. Oh, we got to make a decision at some point, Mark. We're well, on the podcast I, right now. I'm still in this segment. Heck, this it's segment only, isn't over it's only oh, Wednesday. Oh, you haven't decided I, yet. Okay. I'll change it if A.J. Green's not playing, I want to hear too, Wes's point before well, I make oh, my decision. You know, I can tell you Wes's point going to be Cincinnati will never win a playoff game until the end of the world. <laughs> so well, now, that's got to come to an end. What if something? they were a good team instead right, of Wes. the worst team in the AFC playoffs, though? Here we go. The floor is Chris Wessling. TD, Why? do you have the drop from Damashek? It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Because it's a whole it is. song. It's it's the <laughs> most wonderful time of the year. One of my Twitter followers, Powder Monkey Ann, thank you for this. It's West of Us this weekend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Bengals are gonna do what they do every year. A lover scorned, by the way. And lose in the first round of the playoffs. They're not a good team. They do one thing right now, hand the ball off to Jeremy Hill and let him do his work. That's all they do well. Carlos Dunlap's playing great. The Colts, they the they Colts are last in the NFL in sacks. The Colts, last. Off, the Colts offensive line couldn't protect Luck against Tennessee last week. That's they how bad they, they are. protected him against the Bengals last time when it was 27 to nothing. And the Bengals are worse since then. Sure, the Colts are too. The Bengals, look, Andy Dalton, we know what he's done in the postseason. We know what Marvin Lewis has done. Marvin Lewis, 0-5 in his career to start in the postseason. The only coach worse in history, TD, give me some Jim Mora. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. That's his, that's his company he's keeping, Marvin Lewis. This team has never won a playoff game on the road in almost 50 years of their existence. They haven't won a playoff game since 1990. <laughs> Andy Dalton's a below-average quarterback. He's 13 for 32, throwing to A.J. Green with zero touchdowns and four interceptions in the postseason. We don't even know if A.J. Green's going to play. If he does – If he doesn't play, honestly, I'd probably change If he pick. does play, Vontae Davis he... erases him because Vontae Davis is an all-pro cornerback, and he's erased everybody all year. It's well, a horrible matchup for Except the Except for Des Bryant. What did Des Bryant do? He destroyed him. Did he? Week 16. And the Colts got absolutely destroyed in that game. That was the last halfway decent team that they played. And it was a very good team they played. And they weren't competitive. And they were trailing in Cleveland. And I think Colts were also shorthanded. Sure. Very shorthanded. Devil's advocate. I, Wes, I'm on uh, your side of this. I think the Colts take care of business. But, you know, the Bengals, I know Dalton didn't play great last Sunday night against the Steelers. But A.J. Green doesn't fumble that ball near the twenty. That's, That's a, a game. game. They are in that game. Yeah. They came very close to stealing that game in the division. There's a lot of ifs, though. If Le'Veon Bell doesn't I'm just go down, saying, the, the air doesn't go out of the building. I'm just saying that is, yes, and the injuries, that's part of the game. But 
that was a playoff type setting in prime time on Sunday night, and they didn't they didn't have their tail between their legs against a team that you and many other people think is a really a, a wild card contender to win this whole thing. That's what we're reaching for. They didn't have their tail between their legs. Well, no, it's a start. But, it, you know, well, they they're, they're showing up and playing. They, they, I, I am, and again, I'm falling victim to it. I'm looking at December, the fact that they have a nice quality win against Denver, that they showed me they're capable of that, that in a common opponent, a December common opponent, the Bengals waxed the Browns 30 to nothing, and the Colts struggled all game. And, and I can't figure out what's wrong with, with the offense exactly. Maybe it's just the offensive line, and that's it, that they have no running game. And well, a I team can tell you so- what's wrong with their offense. They have no running game. T.Y. Hilton's been sidelined for two weeks. Reggie Wayne's a shell of himself. Well, Hakeem Nix <laughs> is making a couple of plays. Dwayne Allen's been out. So that's why I think it's – I do think it's a toss-up because it's in Indianapolis and because Andrew Luck's better. It's not like I feel – really strong about that. But the Houston game is another one. It's like Indianapolis has done that for a while now. They've looked like this pretty lame team. And after a while, I kind of believe it. The way they took care of the Bengals when they wiped them out back in week seven was there was no A.J. Green in that game. And it's concerning because all they did was stack the box the whole time, take away the running game. And it was Muhammad Sanu against Vontae Davis Mm. and a bunch of trash. (laughs) <laughs> and nothing happened for Cincinnati. And so that you have to not put this in Dalton's hands. But, Wes, would you agree that this Bengals team in the last couple weeks down the stretch here is a little bit different than I am with you that the Bengals teams we've seen under Marvin Lewis that go on to the playoffs have been milk toast, dead on arrival. It's all about when they're going to make that mistake. They play, they play safe the whole way. This team feels a little edgier to me. They can run the ball. I think they're a little bit different. I, I, I don't I quite think, see them that way. I think this team isn't half as good as the team that entered the postseason last year. As the I don't agree with as that. As the heavy favorite to beat the Chargers, no one thought they were going to beat the Chargers last year. They had not lost a home game all year last year. They were 8-0. They had a lot of blowouts. They were a much stronger team last year, I believe. The, the Colts uh, – Another, If you're a Bengals fan and you want some confidence, the Colts have not looked good against winning teams this year. Uh, Cowboys game, it would scare me if I was a Colts fan. Every time they've, they've faced a good team, they seem to get whipped. The other thing, uh, Jeremy Hill leads the league in rushing since week nine. So if you can guy, have a guy that can control the line of scrimmage and run the clock, I think this is potentially be a closer game than, than Wes thinks, but I think the Colts are the I'm team. Not, I'm not saying it's a blowout, and I'm not saying the Colts are a, a substantially better team, but one of these teams is haunted. They also lost That's their right. starting tackle. We just learned, uh, as we're taping this for the season, guys are chairless, although I don't really know. If he's been out for weeks. I don't know if that's a yeah, he's been Mark, out. have you decided your pick? <laughs> I'm going to go Bengals. Oh, thanks, buddy. Wow. Like guy with me. Look at that, a little split, our first split, which takes us to the final game of the wild card round, the Detroit Lions. They head to Big D, to Jarrow World, to face the NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys. So a 12-4 against an 11-5 team. The Lions put up a nice fight in Lambeau for a good portion of that game, but lost, so they get the wild card. The Cowboys are uh, riding high. First time back in the playoffs since 2008. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, the Cowboys, I would think, are the, a lot of people going to pick the Cowboys as the heavy favorite, but maybe we're also getting a little excited that you know the Cowboys know how to blow things, and I know it's been a nice season for them, but I don't think people should get too excited about the Cowboys in the playoffs, should they? I don't think this is a a Cowboys heavy favorite situation because you know they're finally coming up against a team, the number one rushing defense in the league, and it's not a fluke on any level. That offensive line is going to struggle to do what they've done all season long. And if you can take out Dallas and DeMarco Murray on the ground, 
that changes with that, that offense. That is strength is about. versus strength, though. I could see Dallas winning that. Sure, battle. I mean Dallas, and uh, in, in Greg, you know, d- wants to ignore the month of December, but Dallas in the month of December, Whoa, December averaging heat. Uh, Greg, well, there. no, they've been averaging forty plus points. They've been explosive on offense. They've been awesome. I mean, it, it, really, you come down, and we said this on the NFL Now thing too, that only the two thousand to seven Patriots last year's Broncos and the two thousand Rams have averaged more in one month. Dallas, Dallas is not just a run the ball and nothing else happens. Here's another way to look at it. They have 40 points in three of their last four games, matching as many 40-point games as they've had in their previous 123 games. Wow. I, I pose this question to you, Wes, and I, I think it's legitimate. Are the Dallas Cowboys the best offense in the NFL? No. I think you can – I think you can make make the case. I think it's them or the Packers. We don't think of them that way because they don't score as much because there's fewer possessions and they run, but they're brutally efficient, and no one's really been able to stop them. Well, well they, in yeah. this case, I am looking at December because just watching the game field, DeMarco Murray isn't a tackle breaker right now. He was an explosive tackle breaker earlier in the year. He's not that guy right now. He's not running at the same level, but this is when we could talk about Tony Romo, who's not going to win MVP. Uh, but he, he certainly in other years could have been in the running. He's had an amazing statistical season. Uh, he's really a lot of doubters. He kind of he stuck it to them with a great December. So even though you don't have Murray at 100% maybe or not playing at the same level, Romo has never been better in his career. And Des Bryant, I don't know if people have noticed, is playing out of his mind right now. I feel like he has two touchdowns a game. Uh, Jason Witten's been better the last couple of weeks. This offense is real. Terrence Williams made some plays. This offense is pretty good, man. This is this this they have the ability to. And the Lions. Cole are Beasley's bad, making some big catches on third. The down. Lions are a bad playoff team historically. You want to talk about demons? I could easily see this thing turning into forty-one ten too. I would not be stunned if Stafford laid an egg and Romo went mm. nuts and away we go. Well, Detroit. I mean, I think Wes, you're you're a little higher on Detroit than than some of us, but there is a scenario where they're going to have to really completely shut down Dallas offensively to stay in this game because of their own offense. Over the past decade, when a top-two rushing offense faces a top-two rushing defense, six out of the eight times the rushing defense has come out on top. And I think, especially with the way Murray's running, the Lions have a big edge there. They have probably the five best defensive players on the field in this game. Let, let's Whoa. talk about that. Yeah, let's start. first of all, you wrote, Wes wrote a nice piece on uh, Tuesday, you know, basically illustrating that the talent gap – is uh, not as, as as vast as some people might assume with the Lions and the Cowboys. And uh, so first get into that. I also want to hear a little bit when you talk about DeMarco Murray not being the same guy. What are you seeing on tape? Well, first of all, the talent gap. I think the Lions are actually a more talented team. It could be because maybe we don't consider the interior linemen like the Cowboys offensive line quite as talented as the skill position players. So maybe I'm not really crediting them as much. But I think the Lions have – You've got Ndamukong Sue, Ziggy Ansah, DeAndre Levy, who are all Pro Bowl level this year, and then two of the best, this, one of the best safety tandems in the league, and James Ahedabo and Glover Quinn, a couple of good cornerbacks. I think they have at least the five best defensive players on the field in this game. And then the other side of the ball, Calvin and Johnson and Des Bryant are a wash, probably. Golden Tate and and Jason Witten are probably a wash maybe I'm taking Tate come on yeah but you know the Give Cowboys Romo Stafford is not a wash and not Stafford's even Stafford's more right talented now. Romo's better but if you're much talking better. pure talent Sta- much, much Stafford's better. talented Romo's you talked better. about you like to cite the Lombardi line about how the quarterback t- tilts the scales yeah, in this sport absolutely. I mean Romo's playing as better as best as he ever was and Stafford's a middling guy at this point I right now I absolutely agree I would take the Lions if the quarterbacks were even I I'm going to take the Lions, the Lions anyway, but I would Woo! I would be very confident about the Lions if the quarterbacks were even in this game. That I, I assume that's a hero, isn't it? 
I am taking Dallas. Unless Kevin Patrick goes crazy and picks his team. We haven't seen his picks. No, nah, he's one of those. I don't think it's going to happen. He's one, and Wes already defended his hero, but we still need to hear Handsome Hank. Defend your hero. Kevin Patrick is one of those Lions fans where he just he rages out in the gym, listens to Megadeth, maybe some Mustaine solo work, and just assumes his team is going to fail. I, I would be pretty confident he's going to choose the Cowboys. I agree. I, I can see. Sounds the, like a very bleak existence for our uh, <laughs> our writer out in Chicago, by the way. I can see the path to doing it too for Detroit because I I think they'll try to shorten the game against Dallas, which is something that Jason Garrett got a lot of people shortening the game this week. Right, that loves to do. I mean, I think Joyk, but who else is shortening the game? I don't know. I feel like we've we've you, discussed yeah. that a number of times. You're thinking of the a old lot of video short- we did on yeah, on NFL go. Now. Yeah. Bruce Arians and Riverboat Ron both shortening the game. And and I think. Dallas will welcome that. And Dallas's defense, I still don't buy into at all. You you mentioned uh, on our video that Anthony Hitchens is out in this game. Dallas loses Henry Melton. I think Joyke Bell is running really well. I mean, he's not like Reggie the, Bush is running better than he has all season. Reggie Bush looks healthy. I think the Lions, they were able to run the ball against the Packers last week. If, if Stafford could just hit an open throw, the Lions are and, right in this net and game it, and maybe win it. And I can't say it would surprise me if Stafford caught fire. You know he has the talent, and he certainly has the wide receivers to do it. He He's someone, though, I've watched – I feel like I've watched more Stafford this year than any quarterback in the league just because it's – you remember it because it's so frustrating to watch him. Because every, every game is the same thing. It's this just missing open receivers all the time with one nice throw. Time to, for me to cut through all the garbage and hoist in the air. The 2014 season wild card research notes. Look at that, Wes, gleaming in the, in the lights. Here it comes. Here it comes again. You ready? Did you Wes. find the Matthew Stafford note in there? Nope. Get ready. Get ready, Wes. Glover Quinn led the NFL seven INTs, becoming the first line to lead the NFL in interceptions since Hall of Famer Lem Barney, 1967. We figured it out. The Lions win. Let me tell you a better stat from there. That was a joke, by the way. I didn't actually think <laughs> that was a relevant stat. Matthew Stafford. Thanks for putting me over with that one, guys. Matthew, the Matthew Stafford led Lions since Stafford has been there. 0-17 on the road against opponents that finish with a winning record. Wow. Part of me is I'm thinking beyond this week, and do I want to see an interesting Dallas Cowboys team go where they're going to go, or do I want to see the Detroit Lions, if they sneak out this game, go and get air-bombed by someone <laughs> in Green if Bay or Seattle? Green, if the Lions I don't want to see it. No, the we're Lions, talking... they, they can't. They would only go to Seattle. Oh, I don't want to see Detroit well, in Seattle. Even if they went to Green Bay, show. both games were cl- – I mean, one game the Lions waxed the Packers, I, and the other game was yeah, close. I'd love to see Dallas-Green Bay. That would be a fun game. And I know we're winding down here, but I've got a little bit of breaking news. Do we have any breaking news sounds or anything like that, TD? Yeah, that works. That'll do it. Uh, reports out there, and I'm sure they'll be confirmed uh, by the time you guys listen to it, that Doug Marone has opted out of his contract Ooh, as wow. Buffalo's Bills coach. And that means I think i got to go leave and, and go work on this article. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're getting out of here anyway. But Jets are a pretty nice landing spot for Doug Marone. I don't, I don't have a problem here with Dougie M. It's official from the, the Buffalo Bills. They said they're disappointed that he's going to be no longer part of the organization. They thank him for his hard work. And it just reminds me of Mike Malarkey. Another Bills coach who walked away from the team. He quit, and now here comes Buffalo Bills. Um, well, I mean, we knew that he did not get along, in theory, with general manager Doug Whaley. There was There's a lot of reports Greg's about gone. that. Wow. Yeah, th- it says two things. One, his agent has been talking to people and is confident that he gets another head coaching job, and it says also that 
There's been discord between Maroon and, like you said, Whaley, and there's another guy in the front office. The discord between him and Maroon goes back even if, farther. If Bon Jovi was involved with this, would never happen, number one. B, the Jets make some sense. He's an offensive-minded coach. He's coming off a year of some success, so his stock is high. He's a New York guy. I think uh, the Jets are going to be interested in Doug Marone. You go from EJ Manuel to Geno Smith. I think you're going to pull. It's an upgrade. Ky- you pull Kyle Orton out of retirement again. By the way, that is maybe that's that's an upgrade. I will say that about Geno. Well, Smith. he so the assumption though we have to assume that you know even by the time people are listening to this, there's got to be a strong report that someone is heat-seeking Marone without there's, any question. There's got to be somebody. You wouldn't do this otherwise. Why would you walk away? I mean, unless unless the environment that you're in is so toxic, and, we'll, not, and we're going to find out about that. There's only, question. there's only 32 jobs. You do not leave one, especially a guy with this little track record, unless he has something else lined up. So I would think this is going to move pretty quickly. NFL wow. media's Mike Silver said yesterday, he tweeted that, two, two tweets, Doug Marone is very, very, and he said very at least three or four times, highly regarded in NFL circles, which I took to mean read between the lines. He's got a job lined up if yeah. he wants it. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. That is our wild card preview with a little breaking news. Let's just hear that again. A little breaking news mixed into the back end. I like all that. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly, Matthew. <laughs> uh, we will be back on Sunday evening where we will go over all four of these big wild card games and and realize for the first time that we we were all right. Every one of us and every prediction we had, everything connected. I don't know if that's physically possible to happen, but we're going to make it so. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that or download that, you know, however you get your content. Uh, and, and Wes, is everything okay with you now? I'm fine. I'm are you uh, – what about you and TD? When, two of me. When, you go, <laughs> when you go through this class, are you and TD going to be cool? TD. I, I like TD. It's a little bust up, like how Romo and uh, T.O. used to have back in the day. But at the end of the day, it's my quarterback. <laughs> he might have scared the people running the television segment right out of the Who, room. Crowder? But, yeah, he'll have a, cha- he'll have a chance to, to fix that. Guys, it is the end of the year, obviously. So happy New Year to you all. Yes. All Same to you, sir. And, yes, anyway. happy New Year's to all the, all the listeners uh, from around the world. We can actually say that. Uh, who are so great and so supportive of the show. We will be uh, continue to do the hammer drops every every week with this show in 2015. Yeah. And everyone, happy West of us. <laughs> Go out, have fun, party. Wow, and if the Bengals somehow win, everyone's got to be downloading the show immediately because, Wes, there's going to be a, some humble pie in addition to softball pants coming your way. I will admit that they won one playoff game in 20-something years <laughs> if they win. All right, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss in absentia, and of course TD behind the glass. Until Sunday. Ooh, jaunty. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 